Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Wednesday, July 13th, and we're going to have a high of 23 degrees here in the Edmonton area with maybe a little bit of rain, a little bit of thunder, a little bit of lightning. We'll see. She's 23 or 33? 23. Oh, okay. That's yeah. Nice little, uh, nice little change. Yeah. Yesterday was hot. <laughs> yeah. Super hot. I didn't really leave the house much, though. Good for you. I went and checked out. Uh... <laughs> Thank you. I went and checked out the staging over at uh, the Leduc property. You did. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. What a difference, eh? What a difference. I mean, like, it it was beautiful before, but then you get, like, really nicely staged furniture in there, and it's like, yeah. holy shit. Yeah, it's um, something we definitely are going to implement moving forward and just um, add it into the budget. It's expensive. Right. I mean, well, but also like not bad. Like, yeah, it's a couple grand, but like, yeah, could be worse. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I mean, I mean, for the impact that it has and for the benefits that it provides, I think that it's really well priced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Taylor is up this morning. That's wonderful. Good morning, Taylor. Yeah. Um, she's a sleeper in her. She's been up for like the past two weeks with us. Has she? Yeah, well, it's or... just on her on her um, days off of work that, it, oh, that it's. Oh, I don't normally see her name. I don't, <laughs> I don't normally see her name. So I thought it was just that one day. Okay, no. cool. That's fantastic. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that. I don't see. I, I don't scroll through all the names of the people that are on live with us. Yeah. Um. So I, you know, when I see a name that I haven't seen recently, I just like give him a big shout out. It's it's tough getting up this early. It is. I had a really hard time today. I think the sun. I was um, outside with Everly and her friends for most of the day yesterday. Mm. And like last night at like eight o'clock. Well, Everly and I got home late. We got home at like eight. So I was trying to make dinner at like eight. Yeah. And like my eyes were watering and closing and I was like ready for bed. And yeah, I feel like this morning when my alarm went off, I felt like, I don't know. Like I was hit by a bus. Yeah. I think it's probably like a bit of dehydration and just, mm. yeah, groggy. Um, well, good for you for, for cooking dinner at eight o'clock because most days we would just order at yeah. that point. Eh? So, yeah. um, I mean, thanks. Thank you for that. It was actually a really great dinner. Thank you. You guys want to know about our dinner? <laughs> um, Jared's getting much better. He says, uh, good morning. I'm getting better at this. He's 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 been struggling getting up. Yeah. With the new routine, you know, uh, Jared left his job, came full-time real estate investor. So I think that is the toughest time, like a transition between jobs or like, you know, when like you don't have to get up, mm -hmm. but you need to create a new routine to get up or else you're going to fall into a slump. Yeah. It's, um, I think that's the hardest time to create the new routine. It's like nothing is getting you out of bed. Yeah. I hear you. Um, Where was I gonna go? I was gonna I was gonna say something. I can't remember what I was gonna say. That's not a good thing to do when you're on a live show. 
Yeah, we are broadcasting live. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Ironically, we're broadcasting. Yeah, the little the little spiel I do every morning. We're broadcasting live on the Podbean app. Um, you can definitely definitely listen in on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts. But if you want to get on the live um, conversation, um, go download the Podbean app. Look up the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Um, we go live at six a.m. Mountain Time, Monday through Friday. Uh, you can call in, click the call in button, and ask any questions you want about real estate investing for free. Free coaching every morning. No big deal. No biggie. We got you. <laughs> um, I see a, a, a mystery listener. Um, from New Brunswick? From New Brunswick. I was wondering who that is. I can't I'm see your name. You're all jumbled. I'm wondering as well. You know what I did? I, I was pulling data yesterday. Mm-hmm. Cool. I was pulling data because I didn't realize that... Um, like I'm always interested in how many listeners listen in Canada, how many listeners listen in U.S. By the way, a lot more in U.S. in the last six months than I thought. Really? Thirty percent. That's weird. Yeah, thirty percent. Is this just um, Podbean, or is this our podcast in general? All platforms. Wow. Thirty percent. Couldn't believe it. I'm like, okay, but then I see the numbers for Canada. I'm like, how many? What, can I break it down by province? And I got a lot of information about which, where the listeners are coming from. Not, this is not for Podbean. More so for, excuse me, uh, more so for uh, um, Spotify, iTunes, Mm -hmm. you know, those are the big players for the, for where people listen to the podcast afterwards. And um, New Brunswick was like less than 1%. Yeah. Not a lot of listeners in New Brunswick. So um, thank you, listener. You're Joe. probably our... What's that? Joe. Joe. Thank you, Joe. You're probably our one listener in New Brunswick. <laughs> um, not exactly sure why we haven't reached New Brunswick. Maybe I got to add in some more New Brunswick keywords. Maybe I got to talk about the New Brunswick I was going to say, we don't really talk about... <laughs> well, I mean, this is all Canada. Like, it's not, yeah. it's, it's, Most of this information is Canada-based, but for the days that people don't call in, we're just talking about our life and what we got going on, and that just happens to be in Evans and Alberta. We also buy in Calgary as well. Um, but yeah, anyways, I was quite interested in that. Um, I was more so interested in the 30% thing in the US. Yeah. Which explains why I get a lot of random DMs from people on Instagram in the US. And as soon as I automatically get random DMs from people in the US, I'm like, okay, it's, they're selling something or it's a scam or whichever. Yeah. Um, I've had people in the UK reaching out to me. Um, asking for real estate investing advice in my DMs. Wow. Um, and not like like BS, like like legit questions. And I have to say, I'm sorry. I mean, like, I can't I can't offer you advice about. Yeah. <laughs> and like even the U.S. I mean, each each state is so different. Like. Yeah. There's general. Yeah, like there's general <clears throat> real estate investing like basics that would apply to yeah, anywhere for sure. But beyond the extreme basics, <laughs> if you want to slide into my DMS and, and, and ask me how to get rich, I mean, um, it's going to be tough. It's a little tough. I mean, you, um, I mean, you know, I'll, I, you know, here's, here's what I'll say. If you're in the U S listen to bigger pockets, mm-hmm. bigger pockets has way more U S content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you like listening to us and we're entertaining, then continue. Um, I mean, I don't want to see 30% of my numbers drop off. Um, but you know, bigger pockets has really good relative, like us, um, uh, content. Um, and then we have really good Canada content. Yeah. 
Awesome. Um, who else we got in the comments today? We have another new new listener. Who that? Woody Bush from BC. Woody Bush from BC. I'm new here. What your program is. Do you buy homes to flip them or do you buy homes to rent them? I own a house that I use as a rental property because I have a job where they supply me a home on site. Okay, where do we start? <clears throat> uh, curious about our program. Um, you know what I'd recommend doing? Um, go to www.reimasters.ca. All the information is there. If you want, we can set someone up to give you a call about the mentorship program. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. it's 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 the best. <laughs> I'm I'm not a, I I hate selling my like I hate selling our program. I hate selling myself. I can't stand it yeah. because it just sounds cheesy. Like I'm just trying to convince you to do it. Trust me, um, you should. But uh, for for most people, but you got to be. You, it, if you're ready, you got to be ready to be coached. Okay, you got to be ready to be mentored. If you, did we say this yesterday? No, I said it on something else. Um, you got to be ready to be coached because uh, if you think that you're just going to join some mentorship program or, you know, get coaching and someone's just going to do it all for you, that's not how it works. Yeah. Right? Um, a coach, a mentor will find your blind spots, right? They'll find the spots that, that you're missing and shine a light on them and also hold you accountable. So the mentorship program is all about figuring out what it is that you actually want, which most people cannot answer. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows what they actually want. They're just like, oh, I want lots of money and I want lots of properties because it'll make me feel cool we got to really dive deep into figuring out what it is that you want first, like what you actually want and uh, figuring out what that dollar amount is and then figuring out what real estate investing strategies are best to get you there as quickly as possible. Okay. But in order for that to work, uh, you need to be vulnerable. You need to be open to criticism. You need to be open to doing the things that are necessary. And if you're not ready to do all those things, don't waste your money. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yeah. Um, but like I mentioned yesterday or recently, um, at some point, everyone will hire a coach. It's just how stubborn are you? <laughs> how long are you going to hold out until you actually do it? And I mean, those the, the more stubborn you are, the more you think that you can do it yourself. And again, it just doesn't sound very good when I'm talking about you know our program. But the, the longer you wait, uh, the longer you float. I see people floating for three to five years trying to do it themselves, trying to, you know, get free content on YouTube and everything else. And then, um, and then they don't get anywhere and they see everybody else flying by them and they're like, I better hire a coach mm -hmm. when you could have done it significantly sooner. Yeah. So it's, it's all in your head. Uh, that's, that's, that's what I got to say about our program. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which doesn't, doesn't support <laughs> anything. I mean, there's lots of courses, there's lots of workshops, there's weekly coaching, um, there's advanced workshops every month and, uh, there's accountability. Yeah. <laughs> um, he had also asked um, you know, about our business and about what we do. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we talk about fix and flip a lot lately because that's um, the sector of our business that we're growing right now. Mm -hmm. um, we're yeah growing the, the fix and flip side of it, but uh, we have a rental portfolio. We have rent to own uh, properties. We did a lot of... Um, 
seller financing. Seller financing. For sales. Thank you. Agreement for sales. That's my expertise. Yeah. Um, I'm drawing a blank. Holy but like, crap! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, we sell ourselves really well. I guess what I'm saying is that is that our business is not just fix and flips because yes. I know that we're talking about it a lot lately just because that's what we have going on. Wayne said it earlier that if nobody calls in, we just talk about our day-to-day stuff, which right now is fix and flip. It's also a very popular topic in the Alberta area right now because yeah. everybody wants to do it. So we're, that's what we're talking about. That's what people yeah. are asking about. That's what we're talking about. We have our rental portfolio. We are currently not buying any more rental properties. Um, we reached our goal of yeah. how many properties we want. Um, we, we self-manage, but we don't self-manage. We hire out a lot of the stuff, but we still oversee it. Um, so we have a limit of how many properties and tenants that we want to have, uh, to be honest, I'm personally, I'm trying to sell some of our rental properties. Um, it just, when you get to a point where you have enough cash flow and your business is, is, is doing really well with like the active income, the passive income and everything else, you, you, you you take a good hard look at like <clears throat> how much time is my business taking from me? What kind of lifestyle do I want to have? Yeah. And once you get to that point where you got a lot of flexibility, you got equity, you've got capital, you got money, money, like in the beginning you don't have money, but later on you'll have money. You get to pick and choose what kind of, what kind of lifestyle you want to live. And if your rental properties or your fix and flip business or your rent to own business or your agreement for sale business is getting in the way, you get to choose which stuff you want to focus on, what things you want to keep. So personally, I, our rental business gets in the way of our life, especially our summers. Trust mm-hmm. me, our summers, um, it really gets in the way of it because like you get a vacancy randomly or, you know, most Land. of your, yeah. most of your vacancies line up in the summer because that's when all of our leases end. Most people have their leases end in the summer. Um, it kills our summer. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if we get three vacancies come up, suddenly that's all we're working on that particular week is like posting on Kijiji, posting on Facebook, posting on Padmap or everything else. Um, it consumes us. And if you want to do it properly and you want to do it effectively, you also need to answer um, inquiries about your Swedes immediately. Mm-hmm. So, Whatever, whatever routine and schedule you had in place before, bye-bye. Like if you think that, you know, you're going to go and work out and come home and shower and eat a good breakfast and, you know, work on your other business and, and building your business. And then suddenly someone randomly messages you and says, hey, I really want this place. Um, I filled out your application and I'd like to come see it today. You better go review their application and go show them the place today because the sooner you get it filled, that, that vacancy, the sooner you get back to living the life you want to live. You kind of see where I'm getting at right now, why I want to get rid of rental properties? <laughs> it's because it's like fucking with my life. <laughs> it's like we had a really good thing. We were planning on going bike riding today. Nope. Some tenant wants us to, to show the place, and I don't have anyone to show it to them, so I have to go and do it. So, yeah. um, Whereas our fix and flip business is a little more, ironically, a lot of people don't um, don't believe this, but our fix and flip business is a lot more passive. Yeah. Um, People are blown away that we have so many projects on the go for that. So <clears throat> you got to find a nice happy balance of, you know, passive income, active income, um, and growing other businesses as well. Obviously we coach, so that takes up a lot of our time as well. Yeah. Um, but we have a very well-rounded uh, portfolio and business um, that enables us to be able to work from home, get to spend time with this beautiful lady all day, <laughs> even though she maybe doesn't care for it so much. 
get my best work done when you're not around. That's because you're too pretty. I like spending time with you. I also like coming up with new ideas and then throwing them at her. <laughs> and then she's like, can I just please, for the love of God, finish taxes? Mm-hmm. Um, did I answer all of his questions here? I own a house. I use a branch property because I have a job where they supply me a home on site. Um, you're here because the pro- program is. Yeah. Uh, if you're interested in the program, just um, go to reimasters.ca. Also, join the, the Facebook group, the free Facebook group, um, Real Estate Investing Masters. Um and uh, if you're interested, you can send us an email at, um, it's just, I'm just throwing so much information at you. I'm sorry. You can re-listen to this later. Um, if you're interested in joining, just uh, email us at info at reimasters.ca and uh, we'll get someone to give you a call and give you more information. Uh, Jer- Jared, uh, Jared Como has offered to have a call. He did what? Yeah. Well, that's way easier. Yeah. Take the call with Jared. Jared's in the mentorship program. And that guy's a wealth of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And yes, sorry, just going through the comments here. Did I miss anything else? <clears throat> Jeremy says, "Very, I'm very stubborn. Uh, I wish I got a coach earlier in my investing career." Uh, do we have other comments? Something from Blair there? Yeah, we have a question from Blair. I mean, here he did. Uh, a question? Still, yeah, I was going to say, well, it's, um, I think it might get us on a good topic, though. So right, for I'll everyone who's uh, new here, we recently started implementing that um, if you have questions to ask, uh, you need to call in just because it's hard for us while we're talking and having conversations to keep up in the chat um, feature. And it's boring for us to be like, oh, hold on. Let's just scroll through here. Did I'm we just scrolling, anything? scrolling. Let me read Is there it. any good comments here? Is this mm. a good one? I don't know. Maybe mm. we should save that. Like, that's boring, right? Also, you should take some action. And, yeah, take uh, and action call and call. Yeah. Let people know who you are, what you do. Take advantage of this. It's a free platform to uh, advertise yourself. Yeah. But so I'll that's let it slide. Yeah. So we do try to keep up in the comments. We like to know what um, our listeners are chatting about. But uh, it's easier if you do have questions, <laughs> please call in and, and chat with us and make sure you have uh, headphones plugged in. Um, but I am going to read this one. Sure. So uh, Blair says, good have morning. Have we met Blair? Um, I don't know. I know that Blair used to listen. But um, as, the name. as they say here, it's been a while since I've listened live. <laughs> uh, we just closed on our first property in Edmonton. Congratulations. Nice. Congrats. We have a tenant lined up who has offered to cover rent and utilities. What do the utilities generally include? I know in some areas, certain things are covered by property taxes, school, sewage, etc. Just curious, based on your experience, what we should be expecting the tenants to cover versus what we cover. Oh, that's a really great question. Yeah, this is a great question. And I thought it would open up a good topic and a good conversation. Um, because, and, and Blair, um, Forgive me, because I can't remember if we've gotten to know you or not previously. But um, so I don't know if this is just your first property in Edmonton or in general. Um, But I think as for new investors, this is a good conversation to have. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess the number one thing, like immediately when I read that, is that as, as a property owner, as a landlord, as a rental provider, whatever you want to call yourself, um, you shouldn't be covering anything. The per- like the purpose of owning a rental property is that you purchase the property and you have tenants in place who cover all of your expenses 
and plus more, you're mm-hmm. going for cash flow, especially in Edmonton, you're going for cash flow, right? So you want everything covered. Now, I might have misunderstood slightly in that, do you mean like what they're putting in their name versus what's in your name? But in general, they're covering all expenses? Because if that's the case, then yeah, if it's like I a single- I think it said covering expense. I, okay. Um... I just, it could have been interpreted two okay. ways, okay? But but bottom line is right off the bat, I wanted to say that, like, make sure that all expenses are being covered by the rent. Um, plus, you're getting cash flow coming in. So, um, okay, at the bottom here, they did say yes, exactly. So I think that might mean what's in your name and what's in their name. Right. And if that's the case, um, yeah, it's great if the tenant will put, if it's a, a single family dwelling and there's not multiple suites in the property um, that aren't on the same meter, then it's great if the tenant will put utilities in their own name. Um, I prefer that it's less hassle. Uh, it's a bill that you don't need to pay <laughs> and they are just responsible for paying whatever their expenses are. Um but you will be obviously paying your mortgage payments and your property taxes. Um, insurance. Insurance. Thank you. I'm looking to Wayne, like, help me out here. You're the one that pays the bills. I'm. Just, <laughs> <laughs> they just come out automatically, baby. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> mortgage, property taxes, and insurance are the yeah. stuff that you kind of cover, that the rent will kind of cover. And then uh, the excess, uh, the remainder uh, is, is considered what's called cash flow. Um, now, uh, yeah, single family dwellings, uh, something without multiple suites, um, just get the tenant to put the utilities in their name is significantly easier. Here's why, um, utilities change every month. And if they're responsible for the utilities, which they are, um, you can't, you can't charge like a set base rate because if they go over, then, then it comes out of your pocket. So just get them to, to set up utilities. Um, may I? Sure. So for utilities, if you, if you do decide to cover them, it's usually good to really understand what, what your, what your utilities for that kind of property are averaging, Mm -hmm. um, throughout the year. It's easier on a suited property because most of the times you you want to cover them because you don't want the tenants trying to split them and arguing over usage and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So you want to cover them. You want to have a buffer in there and it gives you an opportunity. When there's multiple suites. When there's saying? multiple suites. Yeah. And it gives you an opportunity to actually um, possibly cash flow on them, depending mm-hmm. how much you're charging and how much usage they use. So you need to keep in mind how many people are in those types of suites and all that kind of stuff as well. Don't overcomplicate it with multiple suites. This person's got one yeah. suite. Yeah. But well, I was going to say is that like, if you, if you just, and I had a tenant in a single family dwelling who asked if, if we would pay for them and she could pay and she, and included in rent, sorry, like a flat fee in rent. Yeah. And I just straight up said no, because I have no clue what the usage is on that property. The, yeah. the tenants have always paid it themselves. I don't have a clue. I'm not going to try to guess and then like work it out with her throughout the year. Right. Like I'm not interested in that. This should be hands off. Yeah. So yeah, single family, let them put it in their name, have them set it up before they move in and show you proof of say it's Epcor. They send you like their, their little agreement mm-hmm. once you sign up utilities. So have them send that to you as proof that they've set it up for the date that they move in. Yeah. yeah. So let's just finalize the, 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 the last portion of the question there, which is um, what, what does the tenant cover uh, and what do we cover? So you cover 
mortgage payment, property taxes, and in your building insurance. So your landlord insurance. Okay. That can, for a single family home, that can range from anywhere from, depending on your, 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 your package, $75 to $150. Okay. Um, so that's what you cover. The tenants in a single family home uh, covers the utilities and their tenant insurance. Their tenant insurance will cover what uh, their, the, contents. their contents on the inside of the property. Okay. And cost about 30 bucks. And cost about 30 bucks for them. Okay. So that's it. How do you determine your rent? So you just, you figure out what the market rent is. So do a little bit of research, um, look around at similar um, comparable rental units in your that particular neighborhood with the same square footage and bedrooms and garages and everything else, and then figure out what people are charging. And then that's it. That's the market rent. At the end of the day, you can charge whatever you want for rent. Um, if everybody else is charging seventeen hundred and you charge twenty five hundred, and someone comes in and says, "comes in and says, yes, I'll pay for it," then cool, you just rent it for twenty five hundred bucks. The odds are are low, but you can rent whatever, like whatever you have, whatever someone pays is what you can charge for rent. Just mm-hmm. know that you know the desperate people that pay uh, eight hundred dollars over market rent are just normally a reason. I, I love singing landlord groups who saying, well, I got $2,500 for it. But those are the same people that you see being like, oh my God, they trash my place and they don't pay rent because mm-hmm. they'll be willing to pay whatever the heck they want just to get in there. Because uh, once they get in, they got control. But I'm not trying to scare people. We had um, a question last night within our mentorship uh, program about um, about kind of pre-screening tenants because uh, this individual was like flooded with messages for their rental posting. Mm-hmm. And I think my favorite thing out of all of that, it's like, yeah, screening tenants sucks. Yes, trying to fill vacancies sucks. But my favorite thing that came out of that is like my first thing that I said to, to this person was like, congratulations, you can probably post your rental unit for more rent. Yeah. Like if you're being flooded with responses and you can't keep up and it's just insanity, you can probably take down your posting and raise your rent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like, yeah, there's like a sweet spot. I, f- I find that when your rental property is listed for the appropriate amount of rent, there's just kind of like this nice steady stream of, of inquiries coming in um, that kind of might slow down a little bit. They might pick up a little bit. Um, if you're priced too high, you're going to have crickets. Yeah. And then that desperate person with a gangsta uh, profile picture. And then if it's- You mean the bandana over their face and then yeah. below it says snitches get stitches? Yeah, that one. And then if you're priced too low, you're just going to be flooded. Absolutely yeah. flooded. Yeah. And I've, see, I've seen every range of those, like, because I sometimes I test the waters, like I'll post it for higher than I think I should get and I'll see what the response rate is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other times I've gone, holy crap, I need to increase rent because I can't even open my inbox. I'm so overwhelmed. Can I just say that, like, this is the first time in a very long time I've heard about that many people reaching out about a vacancy. Because for the last four or five years, it's been, like, pretty average. Well, during COVID, it got pretty crazy. Did it get crazy during COVID? Yeah. Really? Yeah. People were looking to get into their own spaces and stuff. So for single family dwellings, like I, I could have easily, it would have been like the, the, um, selling market where people were lined up outside of houses. It would like, I could have easily had lineups if I just had like an open house, there would have been, it would have been insanity. Obviously we couldn't cause of COVID, but, yeah. um, 
Yeah. And like, and then people fight like qualified tenants. Like I swear they would have gotten in like a fist fight outside the house if they were there. Seriously? For who would get it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad I was about to say like, I don't remember this at all, but then again, like I'm so glad that I'm not involved in this, yeah. in this part of the business. Yeah. But yeah. But when I saw, um, when I saw that uh, screenshot yesterday in the mentorship program about like, it was like 37 people or something like that that, that responded. Like, I do not remember that. That's, that's great news. And you know, the, I think the question, I think you had said, I, I haven't seen it yet, but the question that came through was like, how do I screen people so that I don't waste my time or something along mm-hmm. those lines. Um, as soon as I, I, I kind of scroll past that really quickly. Um, it was late last night. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought to myself, I'm like, that is not something to complain about. <laughs> That's actually really great news. Um, we did a uh, we did a master class uh, a year ago, two years ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a master class on how to find tenants, uh, great tenants, fast. And um, for any of you guys that were at that master class or took that master class, um, basically. Uh, the moral of the story was, um, is that if you want to be screening tenants and you want to be filling vacancies and you want to be doing property management, you can't fucking complain about it. Okay. Because being a property manager has nothing to do with being a real estate investor. Everybody thinks that buying real estate, oh, I have to be a landlord. You don't have to be a landlord. You choose to be a landlord. And if you want to be a landlord or a property manager, you just got to know that if you want to be a good one, you need to drop whatever it is that you're doing and go and fill that vacancy. Get them to sign on the line that is dotted immediately. Mm-hmm. And if that means that you have to leave work and go drive down there and show up to find out that they didn't show up, tough titty, said the kitty. Yeah. It, that's just part of it. And if you don't like doing that, then hire it out. But if you think that adding in extra layers of friction, like uh, I get out everyone to fill out a form or an application or like, please... Um, uh, please write out a three paragraph, um, autobiography about yourself and your little kittens and everything else and, and your pets and your kids and where they go to school and why you're moving. And, and if like you, if you add in all those extra layers of resistance and friction, and then I come, so you got to remember that when they, when they ask about your suite, you know, those 35 people that asked about your suite, those 35 people also asked 10 other people at the same time. Hi, I'm interested. Hi, I'm interested. They're clicking everything because they're desperate. And if I'm one of the other 10 people and they messaged you, see me, I see that message come through and I'm like, yep, absolutely. I can get you in to see it today. I'll drop whatever the hell I'm doing and I'll get them in. And when they see your message that says, hi, please fill out this online application and please fill out this three paragraph autobiography and about yourself and send in three, um, you know, um, pictures of your family steps. and a picture of your ID and every, all these other things. And then I say, Hey, cool. Come see it. Who are they going to say yes to, or who are they going to, are they going to, are they going to fill out your application? No, I'm, I'm the path of least resistance. They're going to go with me every single time. Now, of course I don't just go meet with anybody. I mean, I get them locked in and then I ask other questions afterwards, um, to, to properly screen them, but I want to lock them in. I want them to want to come to mine. Right. Yeah. And so again, I, 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 I cringe whenever I see people adding in all these extra layers to like save me time, me, my time. I'm a real estate investor. I am worth way more than that. I think you have a bit of an identity crisis. 
you're trying to pretend that you're an investor and someone told you once that your time is worth way more than that, but then you're also playing property manager, which is a $25 an hour job. So if you're an investor, stop doing $25 an hour jobs and hire it out. Mm -hmm. Right? That's how you save your time. Don't do it. Otherwise, suck it up and get used to doing $25 an hour jobs, which include having no consistency, no set schedule. You got to drop things whenever they come up, right? <laughs> it's it's the truth. Now, we do that $25 an hour job. Surprisingly, us, Wayne and Gabby, we do that stuff. We try and hire it out as much as possible. We have people that like we kind of hire to go out and if we can, within a, with a little bit of notice, we can get we can get we can hire someone to go out and do the viewings. We can hire someone to come out and, you know, do general repairs and stuff like that. For the most part, we do everything from home. But while we're at home, we're the ones that are answering the queries. We're the ones that are, you know, um, getting on the phone with the possible tenants and everything else. It's it's a huge time consumer. But if we want it done right and we want to find the right people, that's that's we choose to do that. Yeah. And it's and the, but the other thing to remember is that, like, it's in bursts. It's not like all year you're True. listing properties and trying to find tenants and going for viewings and having no shows like that's not your entire life. Like the vacancy comes, hopefully they stay for at least a year or two mm -hmm. or three or four, or if you're lucky, 10. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but it's, they, it, it's not, a, it's not your full-time job. It is for the moment until it's filled and then you're chilling like yeah. a villain and having a good time. Uh, the remainder of property management is pretty, you can, it's yeah. pretty remote. You know, you just answer emails and if you've got a repair or something like that, you just call the right person. You go to your Rolodex of professionals, handyman, plumber, electrician, et cetera, furnace cleaner. Yeah. Um, there, there was a question, uh, a follow-up question from them, but I, I feel like we got it um, through everything that we said. I, I don't know. I might have missed um, it. Taylor asked a question uh, back on utilities, which I want to get off that topic in just a second because I want to talk about our, our experiences with our first tenants. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good conversation for today. Um, Taylor asked, oh boy, I'm being really loud. Sorry about that. Uh, for units where, your land, where you, the landlord, cover utilities, do you cover to a maximum amount or just whatever usage is? Um, so for our suited properties, uh, I know what the utilities average every year. And when I do bookkeeping for my taxes at the end of the year, I always reevaluate what the average is because as we know, utilities are rising, mm -hmm. uh, prices are rising. So at the end of every year, I reevaluate if that property is still, you know, good, good for the same amount. Or if it's increased, then I'll increase uh, the amount that I charge for utilities for that upcoming year or when the tenants um, switch over. Mm -hmm. Sorry, having trouble with words today. That's okay. Um, so you'll, like for suited properties over the past many, many, many years, you'll kind of see that everyone kind of charged 300 for the upper suite, 200 for the bottom suite. 500. We're five, talking about up, down. Yeah. $500 easily covered both suites and you were cash flowing uh, maybe a hundred bucks, maybe a little bit less depending um, what month it is, but overall average over the year. Now, 
it's common in the winter months to see utilities um, in an average month be 600 or 650 or, you know, like it's just, it's been getting pretty crazy. So it's important again, that you're, that you're checking at the end of the year, what those averages are and that you're increasing. Take the 12 months worth. Yeah. Add them all up, divide them by 12. And that's how you get your mean average. Yeah. But a lot of people do have like utility agreements where it's like, if it goes over this amount, you are responsible for the difference. And the problem that I kind of have with that is just, especially for suited properties, which is the only properties that we um, cover utilities for, as we just mentioned, is that how do you prove who's going over um, if it goes over and you're charging, you're kind of splitting it between the two uh, suites, it's not going to go over well. You're going to cause issues between the two tenants. Yeah, like, there's I no just, way of proving who yeah. used all the electricity and, we talked and who about used this. all the water. Yeah, we yeah. talked about this recently, maybe, I don't know, a few weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago. How do you prove it? How yeah. do you prove who was the one? Because if you send the bill to both people and say, split it, then the person, you know, the downstairs person is going to be like, I listen to that woman all day. All she does is bath, 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 bath. She's constantly in the bath. She fills a tub. She empties a tub. She fills a tub. Emptied. I don't even know what she's doing up there. She's making rum in there. I don't know. Whiskey. Yeah. The, the, the I mean, there are circumstances. <laughs> I'm just going to move on from that. There are circumstances where you could prove it. Say, say one of the toilets had, um, was running. Yes. And and nobody notified you that this toilet was running and you're like, Oh my God, the water usage was like astronomical last month. What happened? And then you go in to inspect the properties and realize the basement tenants water was running. Well, in that case, it's easy to say, Hey, this was you. You didn't tell us the toilet was running. Our utility, our water usage was this much higher than on average. You're responsible for it. Right. But in general, I just keep it simple. Yeah. I mean, I know that a lot, I know a lot of people use utility agreements and, and do implement maximums and all that kind of stuff, but yeah. it's just not something that we've done. Well, um, and we've never been burned, which I think is something I said on that last episode where we did talk about this. For sure. Because we had a, we had a little cushion on top of it. When we take yeah. our 12 month average, um, we also had a cushion on top of it. And for most months that cushion turns into cash flow for us, mm-hmm. you know, anywhere from 50 to a hundred dollars extra cash flow. But, you know, it's an allocation. At the, so if it's an extra 50 bucks a month that we're charging uh, or above and beyond the average of the, the monthly usage or uh, bills, sorry, it's an extra $600 a month. So if we do get one bad month where it's like an extra $200 because some toilet was leaking, it's okay. We've already accounted for it. Yeah. Well, right. yeah, like in the summer months, like utilities on the suite of property are like 350 and we're charging five, 550. Like, and some of them yeah. go crazy when they, when they use the sprinkler to keep the grass (laughs) alive in the summer. So it's, it fluctuates, but make sure you add a bit of a cushion on there just to to make sure that you're covered. So it doesn't come out of your pocket at the end of the year. Mm Because it's a pain in the ass trying to go after someone and proving, and then they say no, and then they ask. Well, and it also just causes friction. I mean, like if they're consistently, like utilities are crazy every Mm -hmm. single month, then like, yeah, you want to get that under control. But like, if there's a random month where, I don't know. Like, I just don't see the point in being like, you spent an extra $50 in utilities over the max. This is unacceptable. And like, yeah, I think I'm remembering correctly. I think that Wilson um, put something in there as a deterrent. So it's like, it's something to remind them, like, Mm -hmm. don't, if you go over, you're going to be charged. So don't do anything crazy. Don't leave your fridge and freezer open as an air conditioning 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like those types of things. So it's like when you sign the lease, it's kind of like a kind of like late fees. Like, hey, you're going to be charged if you don't pay your rent on time. So don't do that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's a deterrent rather than something maybe really enforceable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't back- fill a pool, Jared said. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, back on the topic of, uh, you know, having lots of tenants uh, interested in your unit. I don't think we have enough time to really talk about the, the topic that I want to talk about today, but um, we can get started on it. I, I think it'd be a good topic for tomorrow because I was thinking about it. Um, you're right. There's been a lot of conversation about fix and flips lately. You know what I want to talk about? I want to talk about the first three tenants that we had. <laughs> the first three major lessons we had, you mean? <laughs> the first, uh, the yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, because um, I'm sorry and... Uh, you know, prove me wrong, but your first three tenants are, g- are going to be your worst ones because you hold don't... on. Can I, can I just say though, that when we started, there was no resources. There was either you pay to join a community of real estate investors, $27,000. Or, yeah. Or you wing it. Is that fair to say? There wasn't resources for us to figure it out. There were no Facebook out. groups. There were barely any podcasts. So for us, it was like we were just doing the best we could and didn't know how to properly screen tenants. I think nowadays with the information available, the podcast that you can join in live in the morning and ask how to screen tenants and ask how to do those things. If you, if your first three ten, if you have all this, these resources and all this knowledge available to you, and your first three tenants are crap, then you haven't been taking advantage of what's available to you. Okay. Is that fair? Yes. What's not fair is that you said podcasts available where you can ask your questions every morning. Plural. There's only one. I, I, I was being a stinker. I was, I was just okay. saying there's stuff available for you. Oh, there's lots of stuff available. Absolutely. So if you got, again, if you have questions, this is a great resource. We do this every morning for free. Um, because I, I want you to stop sliding into my DMS. Okay. So for anyone that says, Hey, do you mind if I, you know, pick your uh, brain, pick your brain or take you out for coffee? Or can I get on the phone with you real quick and ask you a question? Or, Hey, can you answer a question in my, in the DMS? Just here, here's, here, here's how you do it. You just wake up. You got all you gotta do is wake up at 6am and you can call into the show and I will answer your question. But here's the thing. I'm going to answer the question. I'm going to answer it for everybody else. So I don't have to answer it 10 times. Yeah. Everybody gets to learn. That's, is that fair? Mm-hmm. I can't count how many times somebody has either called in or previously like put a message in here that has has got on a topic where we've like literally filled up the rest of the show talking about it yeah. where like everybody at the end is like oh my god that was such a good show thank you so many good like so much so I've many nuggets came out of there I never thought to ask yeah exactly but it happens all the time so th- whatever you're thinking whatever questions you have are likely questions that a whole crap load of other people have as well don't be shy. Don't be shy. Okay. Where was I talking about? What was I talking about earlier? Talking about the first three tenants and how... Um... That, how they're the worst. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it is typically the place where you make all the mistakes. Nobody yes. nobody learns the Residential Tenancy Act on their first tenant before they have their first tenant. So even though you got I all... I feel like maybe Jeremy has. He studies that stuff. Probably. <laughs> but for the most part, nobody knows all the different rules that are in the requirements that that you're responsible for as a landlord and nobody learns 
all the rules and requirements for the tenant and their and and, and their um and their rights. Mm-hmm. No one learns all that before their first tenant. So you just kind of like, you know what? Screw it. Fuck it. I'm gonna buy a property. I'm gonna get a tenant, and I'm just gonna go for it. Which is great. I love that attitude. I love the fuck it attitude in this in this in this realm or in this in this category. I think it's 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 great because there's a lot of things you're not gonna be perfect. Yeah. So just go for it. And you are going to make some mistakes and I could, I could give you all the checklists and all the screening tips and everything else, but I can't teach you the whole residential tenancy act. So you're going to have to learn that yourself and the residential tenancy act, depending on what province you're in, um, will, will outline what all the responsibilities are of the landlord and all the response rights and responsibilities of the landlord and all the rights and responsibilities of the tenant. And you need to understand those thoroughly in order to be a good landlord. Mm-hmm. Right. And, the tenant needs to understand those thoroughly in order to be a good tenant. And tenants don't understand it thoroughly. Tenants don't read it. <laughs> they don't even know it exists. They go to Facebook. Yeah. Right? Which is super frustrating because you got landlords that don't know what the fuck they're doing. You got tenants that don't know what the fuck they're doing, which pretty much clogs up your landlord and tenant board questions and, yeah. you know, cases and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but for the landlords, you know, and the tenants that do understand it, you know, that's, those are typically the ones that, that work. You know what I mean? If someone tries to pull something, the other person says, well, no, as per section 2.7.3, it says right here that you're supposed to do this and I'm supposed to do this. Oh, pardon me. I, I must've overlooked that. You're absolutely right. That is correct. I will fix that. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that just be a lovely world if everybody understood the rules? Yeah. Rather than just asking Facebook and their uncles. Yeah. But that's not the case. So people make mistakes all the time. It's 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 normal. Okay. So your first tenants, you're you know, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna download some lease off the internet or you from some friend. You're not really gonna understand what it means, and and hopefully all the things within the lease actually um, are compliance with the Residential Tenancy Act because the Act prevails. Mm-hmm. That is what they say. You know, the act always prevails. Doesn't matter what's in your lease. Yeah. The Residential Tenancy Act is. Yeah, is, you could put anything in there. Anything. Yeah, you, you could be like five hundred a day yeah. late fees um, if you don't pay rent on time, and good luck enforcing it. But it's act, in there. They agreed to it. Yes, it's matter. all fine until you go to court. Yeah, and then because the act prevails. prevails. Yeah. Okay, so you got to understand the act if you want to be a landlord. First tenant moves in. Everything th- that part's pretty easy, right? That part's pretty easy. You throw it on Kijiji. You download a, a lease. You do your best. You quote unquote screen them. Yeah. Right. You get them in. Now there's that. That part's easy. The, the other part is like making sure that you're doing all the right things and you're 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 fulfilling your obligations as a landlord. That's the hard part. And obviously the tenants fulfilling their obligations. This is where stuff starts to go wrong. And it's not just, did they pay the rent or did they not pay the rent? But like how you handle the situation, how you handle the situation. There's a little bit of mold in the corner of the basement. What are your, what's your responsibilities? Um, some of the lights are, are inoperable. It's not the light bulb. They just don't work. What's your responsibility? What's your obligations? The stove doesn't work. How quickly do you need to rectify it? The furnace goes out in the winter. What are you responsible for? Right? The basic necessities. Um, utilities go utilities go over um, the amount that you're charging them. How do you handle that? 
all these little things. These are the, these are where the disputes start to come in. Mm -hmm. And these are where, you know, you're like, oh, you're responsible for this. Utilities went over 300 bucks. You're responsible for you. And they say, fuck you, bud. I ain't paying that. You said flat rate. Flat rate means flat rate. Well, that's fine. But that's, you know, you haven't been using this much water. And now you suddenly are. And that's coming out of my pocket. And I got I got I'm the one paying the mortgage here. Right. And then I say, fuck you, bud. I ain't doing that. Flat rate means flat rate. Well, I'm taking it on your damage deposit. No, you're not. You see what I mean? This is this is where it starts yeah. to. And then what do you do? You're like, uh, hi, real estate investing masters. It's uh, it's Wayne here. Um, uh, my tenant says he's not paying the extra utilities, and he's being extremely hostile. How do I get him out? <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, that motherfucker. Oh yeah. You take him to the RTDRS. You file that today. Uh, file it today. <laughs> Evict him the second the second he misses that rent. You know, you, you evict him and you know what? He can't say those things to you. He's, he's in, he's invading on like your, 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 you know, he, he's being too aggressive and yeah, actually he's, he's hostile. hostile. Yeah. And if he's hostile, then, then you, you can terminate the lease and just, yeah, this is, this is, this is the stuff we see every day. And we're like, we just shake our heads because all of this could have been resolved if you had just read the act. Yeah. All of the rules are within the act. All the rules for minimum housing standards, uh, uh, living like sorry it's minimum housing. health health and housing standard um, i'm butchering it anyways it's all there on uh the alberta health ahs website ohs website whatever the bc version is saskatchewan new brunswick i see new brunswick. <laughs> i see That's all the 3 percent <laughs> um <laughs> not forgetting those minorities um <laughs> Um, you figure out whatever that is, you know, on your um, your health services website, and all of the minimum housing requirements are there as well. So, like, what to do when there's mold? How much mold is are you required to hire a company? Oh, that was a big one for us years ago. Yeah, we is had it some black mold. Is it like we yeah. had a, we had a tenant that had some mold throughout the house? Not throughout the house, but it was in multiple in spots. spots that yeah. was because they weren't using the HRV system properly, and because of the increased humidity during the winter. Um, and then the cold spots in the brand new house, by the way, it was three years old, brand new house. Um, mold was like accumulating in some like cold spots, like behind the couch around some windows and stuff like that. And they said, we need to hire in this company. You have to pay $15,000 to get it all remediated. And we looked into it and determined how much mold in a certain area need and what type and what type require a remediation company. And we learned it had to be like a sheet, like an eight by four foot area, larger than an eight by four foot area requires a remediation company. Otherwise, you go to Home Depot, get Moldex and a mask and you spray it, scrub it up, scrub it up and be done with it. Well, they didn't want that. No, you were not allowing you to come in here into our space with our animals and um, you're not going to disturb that because I'm living here and and, and we're going to hire the right company and you're going to pay for our hotel and everything else. But no, we read the act and we read the, you know, the AHS. We provided them with that. We yeah. provided it with them. They still said, no, we're hiring this company. We're charging you and we're not paying the rents and all those other things. But, you know, th these are the, these are the type of lessons. These are things that, that come up <laughs> when you become a property manager. It's not f filling the vacancies. That's, that's the real hard part. It's this stuff right here. You gotta, you gotta understand the act.
in order to be a good property manager, a good landlord. And I think the biggest thing like in, in those specific types of situations is that like the RTA isn't going to tell you how to deal with mold. No. But there's resources that will tell you how to deal with the mold. But as far as the act goes, like we went and just posted a 24 hour notice that we were going to be entering the property, whether they wanted us to or not. So they could have either stood at the door and kept it locked and refuse, like not let somebody well, that's what through they the said. door. They weren't going to let us in the door. Yeah. But we just followed what we were supposed to do. We posted the notice, showed up the next day ended up letting us in you know what i mean like so it's those types of things that you need to know it's like okay if they're saying i'm not letting you in still go through the regular like what you're supposed to do according to the act go physically post the notice show up if they refuse then follow the next step you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so it's like yeah it's just knowing how to handle all that kind of stuff um did you go in there when they said no I did not. That was, yeah, that was um, back in the day when I was still very anxious about being a landlord and about dealing with um, disputes and dealing with like all that kind of stuff. I used to just get riddled with anxiety, like anything, anytime, anything, um, any disagreements, any like Hostility. hostility, anything came up, I would just shut down. Like, Wow, power down, Gabby's yeah. out. <laughs> like curled in a ball, riddled in anxiety. Yeah. Um, and that was how I lived for many years as a landlord. And that's why I hated investing so much, is because we were property managing and I was having to deal with these things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely sent Wayne in and um that was that's when he was still working. Do, right? That's what most people do. Like it, it I hear it's because I hear this story all the time. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. They'll never do that to me because ah, <laughs> watch them try pulling that bullshit with me or my uncle's, uh, you know, an MMA fighter. They'll never fuck with him. Uh, you know, you hear that. I'll show up with my posse. I'll show up with my posse. Yeah, you hear that stuff all the time. Um, but for the most part, a lot of people avoid confrontation. Yep. Like if someone had this thing here, they would just be like, like yourself. And to be honest, I don't like it either. Yeah. Nobody likes confrontation. Nobody knows what's going to happen. You don't know if they're just going to uh, not let you in or you don't know if they're they going to grab bat, a baseball bat. Yeah. <laughs> behind right? the door. And, and so you, you never know. Like you, you had 10 minutes to, to really get to know this person before they moved in. Mm-hmm. You met them when they walked to the suite. You took an application. You don't know them. You don't know what they're going to do. So there's always that unknown, that uncertainty of like, shit, are they going to pull a gun on me because all over this mold or, you know, because we're evicting them. So a lot of people get really super scared about this stuff and you have to have your, you know, you got to be cautious. So Mm -hmm. I don't like it either, but I I went down and I got the mold X and I, and I got the mask and I got the gloves and the bucket and everything else. And I showed up and as I told them and they let me in and it was the most awkward shit ever because they literally followed me around to to see if I'm doing it properly. They're documenting me. Um, you know what I mean? Like, after all of this, probably I mean, they, took pictures, <laughs> probably when I wasn't looking be, yeah. just to like prove that they did it incorrectly. Just yeah. to, you know what I mean? But they were not happy about it. Yeah. Even though we provided them with all of the information required, yeah. you know, that we're obligated to do. Um, it was not fun, but that's again, back to what I was saying earlier. If, if you don't like this stuff, then hire it out Yeah. because these $25 an hour jobs are $25 an hour jobs. If you think that you're better than this and you're a real estate investor and someone told you that your time is worth $600 an hour because you find deals and that's what you're good at, then go do the $600 an hour tasks. Yeah. Don't do the $25 an hour tasks. And if your property can't afford 
to pay for $25 an hour tasks, your, your rental property business can't afford it, then you're not running a very good business. Yeah, you have a bad business. I don't think you're yeah. worth $600 an hour because you need to build a proper, you need to build a real estate investing business that has enough cash and enough liquidity in order to cover these expenses. Mm -hmm. Right. That's why you get good cash flowing properties, good cash flowing properties. The cash flow goes into the reserve. The reserves gives you a nice, nice kitty. So in the events that you have to hire out someone to do a $300 job, you have the money allocated for that mm -hmm. because it's a business. Yeah. You think the Tim Hortons owners go in and they, you know, swap out the filters and the coffee machines. Right? Do they do they clean out the machines? Do they do they clean out the, the the ovens after the shift is over? No, you know they hire people to do that. There's because the, the, they have a good cash flowing business, right? Yeah. So you got to treat it like a business. Yeah. But um, I, like I said, I still do that because like I haven't been able to find like a real good property manager that I can really trust to to run our business like the way that I want it done. We have a very good balance. Though. Yeah, but it's like it's. But what I what I love about it is that like we've really minimized what that means. It's like we used to go fix the toilets. Yes. We used to go paint the suites if like when they needed to be painted. We used to go do everything. There was very little things that we would hire in. Obviously, if furnace stops working, you hire in a furnace company. Or if there's a flood, you hire in you know whoever you need to a backup, whatever. But now it's like the only thing that we're really taking care of is finding the tenants because I because we are so particular about that whole process. We're good at it. Yeah. Um, but then we hire out the viewings, we hire out inspections, we hire out, like we hire out so much. We we would never go, well, I, I don't, I don't want to say never, but like we don't go paint a suite or fix a toilet or, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like mm -hmm. we've really pared it down to what that means to us to property manage. It's very specific to tasks. A lifestyle, yeah, right? very at, specific at end, tasks. Again, that you got to begin with the end in mind. And, and that, this is I, what I, I was mentioning earlier about the mentorship program. This is what we focus on first. Like, what is it that you actually want? Yeah. So we are very clear on the life that we want. And this shit gets in the way of that. Yeah. I do not like dealing with this shit. Yeah. So if I need to minimize my rental portfolio in order to make sure that my lifestyle and my routine is, 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 is being managed properly and is not being affected, and that's what I'll do. I don't give a shit yeah. about the extra couple hundred dollars a month in cash flow. You got to build a business that supports your lifestyle or the life that you want to have. So it's. Yeah. You know what I, you know what I love most about the, um, that situation with that tenant and the mold and stuff is that like normally when you hit a point where there's like hostility and that sort of intensity of a situation, normally the relationship is broken after that point. There's no coming back from that. You know what I mean? Like the, it's so far gone. Things have been said, actions have been taken where you don't come back from that type of situation. But they actually ended up staying out their lease. They had already been with us for several years and they stayed out their lease and left on really great terms, left the house in great condition and um, and sent a really nice final message saying, you know, thanks so much for everything. They wanted and, their damage deposit back. Well, yeah, for sure. But like from that, from after that kind of, um, uh, it escalated. It it did escalate, but after it quieted down and kind of like just time kind of let it do, do its thing. Yeah. Everything was fine after that. Like there was still, I think, probably close to a year left on um, that term of their, their lease to work out. And like quarterly inspections were fine. Like all that kind of stuff. Communication was fine after that. Like yeah. it, that's rare where it just kind of smooths over. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, considering, yeah, what they were 
they were calling me. Um, and like which, she was screaming at you, screaming and swearing at me. And she was a, a young woman, early twenties. Like I was yeah. surprised she had that much. Um, she, she packed a punch in yeah. her vocabulary. Um, <laughs> but you know, we have this thing in our communications agreement that says it's only for emergencies. Yes, I understand. You know, I saw the pictures of your mold. We're working to get it rectified. We're going to, I'm going to have someone come out there and they're going to spray it um, and get rid of it. And like, no, no, no remediation company. I'm like, no, like we're going to hire a handyman. He's 40 bucks an hour. He's going to come out and do it. And then no, no, fuck that swearing curse and everything else. And, and I said, Hey, just want to let you know that um, as per the communications agreements, this is not an emergency. Okay. So we've already been dealing with an email. We're going to have the handyman come out and take care of it. Here's all we've already sent you all the information relevant to the AHS standards of, you know, minimum housing requirements, et cetera. Um, it's going to get taken care of tomorrow. I'm not letting them in. And that's where it got difficult. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to let you go because this is getting a little, and then cursing and swearing. And then they kept calling, 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 calling. And I kept telling them, this is not an emergency. Please refer to our email, which did not go over very well. Um, so that's why eventually I had to go in with my mask because I would have never done that, but I, I'm not going to send our handyman and then they don't open the door. Yeah. Right. So I had to, that's why I had to take it on myself, which sucked because I didn't want to do that, but that's what you got to do. Yeah. Right. We um, did um, send our, our handyman to fix one of the window wells though, because there was so because they weren't using the HRV system properly. There was so much moisture under one of the wells that mm-hmm. we had to replace some drywall and do some work. Yeah. So he, but that was like, you went in first and then once that was solved, then we sent the handyman in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, and, and you're right. It did work out all things considered. I mean, after those phone calls and, and cursing and everything else, I was very surprised. I thought they were gone after that. No. You know what I mean? And oh yeah. We thought they would be. We yeah. thought they were going to leave, but they ended up not leaving. And it was, well, once they understood that why it was happening and I think they finally came to terms with like the fact that I w- we were right and yeah. we provided them the documentation and then they finally cooled down. Um, they probably wanted their damage deposit. That that's yeah. I was I was surprised to see all those nice messages. Um, so I'm going to answer this question: Have you ever dealt with the police being involved because of violence to one question uh, to one tenant from the other, removing the one tenant's name from the lease and allowing the other tenant to stay? Uh, no, uh, we we had one um, domestic issue, um, which is one of our stories tomorrow. <laughs> uh the police were involved but we were not involved um yeah. we uh did the tenant get removed from the from the lease he was not around to be removed from the lease so like it was it was a bit of a complicated one but uh you know we'll talk about that one tomorrow I, i'd like to talk about the first three tenants tomorrow sure. i think that'd be fun yeah um oh, a little trip down memory lane yeah. The yeah, good old I, days. Yeah. You can think about that today and let <laughs> you that can ruin think your about day. all my anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yes. P.S. You grow through those situations, and Gabby does not get anxiety over tenant issues anymore. In fact, she deals with them all on her own, and Wayne doesn't even know about it. True. So, true. There's that to look forward to if you're one of those people who, um, this stuff is like nerve wracking for you and you don't know how to deal with situations and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, You grow through those experiences and it gets easier. Exactly. Experience creates an ease of just knowing how to deal with it. If I asked you to frame, frame a house right now, you'd be like, Oh oh my God, what do I use? Do I just use nails? Do I use screws? Like how do I use the brackets and everything else? And what's a truss? Like, you know, you wouldn't know, but you know, if you went and got your tickets, you know, you became a carpenter, you went to school and you had five years, 10 years worth of experience you can frame a house, right? So 
Um, you got to remember that a lot of people look at this like, oh, I'm just going to buy a house and be a landlord because I heard so many people on HGTV and my aunt did it once and everything else. But this is this is a trade. This is a business. Okay. And you have to learn the business. And guess what? People pay for carpentry school. People pay to become accountants and they go to get degrees and stuff like that. This is just like anything else. You have to pay to get the education. There is an education. There is a process. There is. Exp and then when you get the education, it's not like suddenly you're, you know, you're, um, you're, you're the, the, the head of accounting. No, I mean, you have to get the experience in order to become an expert, right? And then when you become an expert, that's when you, you really, you know, that's where you get to the point where you're not scared anymore, right? Yeah. But if you've got right out of, you know, uh, you know, you just got your degree for accounting and then someone put you in a, in a head position where you're with a new business and they want you to set up the whole finance accounting department, you know, are you going to be able to do that? You're no, going to you're gonna be, you're gonna be like, oh my God, this is my first job. I don't know how to do it and everything else. You're going to be riddled with anxiety. It's the exact same thing. So there is always going to, that's always going to be curve. there is a learning curve. Um, get the education, get the experience, take the action right now. And then I, I we promise you um, and ask anyone who's successful that you'll get through it. You'll cry a little, you get a little scared and then you'll laugh about it in the future. So many tears. <laughs> anyways um come back tomorrow we'll talk about our first three tenants otherwise everybody have a wonderful wednesday Bye. thanks for listening to the real estate investing morning show thank you thank you oh thank you interested in being a guest on the show send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com <laughs>